Hello, and welcome to the Lost Sleep Podcast. My name is Ben, and I'll be your guide on this journey. Tonight's topic will be happiness, creativity, and failure. I hope you enjoy. Failure. Now, what do I mean by failure? Generally, what keeps me from being able to sleep is not, oh, I did this stupid thing back in middle school. Although that does happen, and we will get to that eventually. But that's not what keeps me up the most. No, what keeps me up the most is a fear that's hiding in the back of my head, and has been for years, that I will get to a point in my life where I will look back and I will see nothing. No accomplishments, no successes, no joy. Nothing. I want to make music for a living. That is that is my goal. That is my ideal life. If we were looking at this through the theory of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that is my self-actualization. It is the pinnacle of my needs, psychologically. At my core, I am a performer. But my ideal life, my ideal job, is a job where I have a very high chance and a very high likelihood of failure. See, even if I get to the pinnacle of what I want and desire in my life, even if I get to the top point that I want, and that's it's not even asking that much. See, the top point that I want is just to be able to live fairly comfortably, to live fairly comfortably off of music that I write and create and, and, and put out into the world. But even that is highly unlikely. And so oftentimes I find myself sitting up at night after I've written a few songs or even it's been a few weeks since I've written something. And sometimes I sit up and I wonder, is all of this meaningless? Does, does, all, of this, does all of this matter? You see, I'm a, I'm a person who believes that the meaning of life is to find what makes you happy and do it so long as it does not negatively impact someone else and and of course there are you know there are there are there are levels to this right but currently we live in a society where that's not possible for most people in fact most people go through life wondering how they're going to scrape by on nothing or less than nothing And I'm afraid, I'm afraid that if I try, even if I try my hardest and put out music that I love and that I think is amazing and that I think people will like, even if I continually try and continually put effort into the things I create, not just music, but this podcast as well, even if I continually try and push myself and keep working to get better. I fear that it won't matter. 
because I fear that at the end of my life, I will look back on all of this and wonder, what was the point? Because I fear that five years from now, I will look back on the nights, the weeks I spend, the days, the weeks I spend writing, working, and creating. And I'll look back and say, well, shouldn't have wasted my time with that. I fear that sometimes I will look back at this, 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 this recording and I'll think, well, that went nowhere. And I, it's not that I, it's not that I need recognition. It's not that I need people to say everything you make is amazing. But sometimes, sometimes I stay up a little too late, a little past when I should probably have gone to bed. And these things start to creep in. And sometimes, sometimes I'm making a long drive. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the people who listen to this have not had the lovely experience of a multi-hour drive. And when I mean multi-hour, I do mean over two-hour drive. Once you hit an hour, hour and 15 minutes, once you hit that point, boredom sets in. With boredom comes introspection and introspection is an incredibly useful thing it's a very good thing in fact i would say that it's absolutely necessary for social interaction not only because you need be able to look at yourself and say how will other people view what i'm doing how will they see me and what impact should that have on me it's being able to look at your own actions and yourself from an outside perspective and that's a really good thing a lot of the time but sometimes you can get a little too introspective sometimes it can go from true introspection which is a understanding of your own actions from an outsider's perspective and a looking at your own actions and saying <coughs> maybe that's not entirely accurate to who I am or maybe how I'm presenting myself should be different but then then the extra bit comes in and you start to think about everything that you are doing, that you're, that you're saying, that you're thinking about, everything that's gone on recently. And you're, you're wondering, you, you start to wonder to yourself, what am I working for? What effort, why, why am I putting in so much effort into these things? What is it going to do? And, and that sucks. 
the the forcing of creativity to be commodified that is trash the idea that you shouldn't do something that you like because you're wasting time that you could be putting toward something that will make you money instead of something that will make you happy that putting something putting your time putting your effort into something that will make you happy rather than something that will make you money that that is time wasted i i don't know how to feel about that often i don't know how to feel about that i'm someone who values creativity and I, I do mean I, I'm someone who really values creativity. Like, I think creativity is the key to a good society. I think if you don't have interesting painted art, interesting drawn art, interesting musical art, or, or, or film art, or storytelling, if you don't have these things that are intrinsically tied to creativity, then your society is failing. In a lot of the, in a lot of ways, and often I feel that especially artists find themselves in put in boxes where they can't truly express themselves creatively because to do so would take too much time, too much effort, and the pay in is not enough. The pay in is too much for what you get out of it. It feels like especially in modern day society we're in a constant fight trying to balance trying to balance full and true artistic expression where we feel fulfilled by our art versus the ability to take that art and live off of it and the unfortunate problem is so few people make it beyond I drew in high school or I was in a band in college. There's so many potential greats hidden in cubicles. Well, not cubicles right now, you know, because of the pandemic, but... I think you know what I mean. Or behind in McDonald's drive through windows. Or... Working in a field somewhere. That I... I fear that we start to create... A, I fear that we start to create a creatively bankrupt society. And I, I think that the art being made right now is good. I mean, I'm not personally a fan of, like, popular music or um, 
mainstream filmmaking, but I think that there are a lot of artists working today in those fields. And not just from America, either. I mean, one of my favorite um, filmmakers is Thomas Vinterberg, who's a, a Danish director. But his films don't get that much attention. I mean, for foreign films, they get a ton of attention. But for a film... They're practically, they're practically unknown. Even films made in America, but made by artists that aren't exactly making films for the wide audience. They are not buried, but they just don't rise to the surface. <laughs> there is a myth in America. And that myth is that this country rewards a good product. It doesn't, in my opinion. From what I've seen, America does not reward good things. It rewards popular things. Now, I'm going to be the first to say that I enjoy comic book movies. I mean... It, they're 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 very good for popcorn don't think too hard movies I enjoy them they're not not a guilty pleasure but probably as close to a guilty pleasure as I will ever have but it kind of angers me sometimes when I look at the landscape of film, I look at the movies that are coming out in the next few years, and most of the ones that people are talking about is Doctor Strange 2 or Spider-Man 3, the, the second Spider-Man 3 we've had in 20 years. I mean, I don't want to sound like an old man yelling at the sky saying, I wish we had good movies again, but I I fear that this is emblematic of a larger issue that we have in society where we view knowns or things that are like things that we know much, much, much more than truly amazing works. I think that there's a lot to be said for the ability for filmmakers to make movies now that we didn't necessarily have a long time ago. And, and I, I can't say that I know all that much about the business in the back in the back rooms and the, the amount of money actually changing hands. But I also, I, from what I see, 
I feel like people just aren't exploring that much anymore. I mean, when was the last movie that was really talked about as a society that wasn't some form of comic book film? It's it's just sad to me. In a lot of ways. And I, I, as I said, I don't want to sound like films used to be different. The society is getting worse. Because obviously progress is happening. There are, in ways, we are getting much, much worse than we've ever been. But in ways, we will always be better than the worst point in human history. And we'll, always, and we'll continue to be getting better. Uh, and, and there are ways that we're getting a lot better, like civil rights, social progress is really good in America right now. Well, I mean, past four years put to the side, but overall, there is a there is a there is an upward trend of more civil rights. It's not perfect. It's not where it should be, and it's certainly not where it needs to be. But there is certainly an upward trend. However, unions used to be a lot stronger. And now they're not. And we're kind of seeing the effects of that, that that's taken on wages and uh, the ability for people to socialize and have a family life. I mean, I don't want to sound ungrateful for what has been done and what is good. But I also know that we can't ignore the problems that still need to be fixed. Right? We are social creatures as humans. We are social creatures. This is known. This is discussed. This is talked about. We are social creatures. We thrive on interacting and having interpersonal relationships with other humans. And it seems like we are becoming more and more isolated from one another. Not necessarily because of the internet, although I think it plays a role. But I think that the main reason is because people are just working too damn much. Right? I mean, think about it this way. What was the standard kind of American family type back in, let's say, the 50s. Not to say that the 50s were good. For a lot of people, the 50s were really bad. Minorities, specifically. 
back in the 50s, life for minorities, which includes racial minorities, ethnic minorities, sexual preference minorities, gender expression minorities, gender identity minorities, and literally any other minority you can think of. That is something that you are born as, right? Something that you cannot physically or uh, emotionally change about yourself. Not physically, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. Something that you can't change about yourself with, like, just not doing something, right? It's something that's a part of you, that those minorities... Life was a lot worse for them back in the 50s, but most households, and maybe I'm crazy, maybe I, maybe I didn't read all the stats, but a lot of households in the 50s were one-income households. Why the hell aren't we back there? Like, why, 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 can't, why couldn't we keep that up? And just bring in the minorities as well. Well, the answer is, it got worse for everyone. So clearly something changed. And that's in workers' wages. Like, clearly that's in wages. And that's in money. Um, Minimum wage is too low. I'm just going to say it. And I think everybody knows it. But here's the thing, and and I'm going to try to tie all this together. With a higher wage for workers, both minimum wage and average wage, with a higher wage for workers, you have more freedom, right? Workers in Ford Motor factories could buy Ford cars when they were first being produced. Right? That that was the point. Henry Ford intentionally did that because he knew that if he gave his workers enough money to be able to buy his cars, they would buy his cars. Because they would they would take more pride in it as well. They would say, "Oh, I helped make this car. Now I'm buying this car." And the money just goes right back to him. Now, that's not necessarily the best system, but if you pay your workers more, the economy inherently is better. Just because there is more cash to move around in the economy. Right? And this is, of course, talking about a commodified capitalist economy uh, an understanding uh, that that is what we live in in America, which is where I am and uh, where most of my uh, understanding of economics comes from. And I don't even understand economics all that well. So please take everything I'm saying with a massive grain of this is just my opinion. I think that it also gave people I think that's uh, let me rephrase. I think that now it would give people 
a lot more opportunity to explore their interests, whether it be creative or uncreative. Like, for instance, if you are a McDonald's cashier, but you really, really love doing, like, trying to understand economics. You don't really have time to do that if you're working three jobs or two jobs. Right? But if you're working one job, you might have that opportunity. Or you might not. And uh, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just wrong. And that's possible as well. But I feel like I'm not. I I I don't I don't think I'm wrong. And we haven't even gotten into the the social problems uh about society currently. There are a lot of issues that we're having with socialization because we just don't have enough fucking time to do it. And we also don't have designated social spaces, and this is where the internet comes in. The internet makes it so much easier to just let socialization happen on the internet. And there is a as much as a lot of people don't want to admit it, there is certainly benefit to face-to-face, in-person interaction. I feel like a lot of people don't quite understand it. But now, or didn't quite understand it, but now that COVID has kind of made that more difficult. People are starting to understand it more. So, what do we do about not having in-person social spaces, right? I mean, parks exist, yeah, obviously, but they we don't have in-person interactions randomly as much anymore. You have to go out and look for in-person interaction. And let's face it, a lot of people are introverts. It's just how it is. A lot of people are introverts and they don't want to go out and seek in-person interactions. And a lot of people just kind of want to be left alone even though they know it's not good for them. Like me, I'm a person who wears headphones all the time throughout most of my life. I wear headphones. I know that that tells people that I don't want to talk because I don't really want to talk. But I know that I should be trying to make friends. And, And maybe I shouldn't be in like the middle of a coffee shop. But also, currently, the only thing that's stopping me is my headphones. I could make friends with somebody in the middle of a coffee shop. People have done it in the past. I could do it. It's possible. It's there. It exists. But I'm wearing my headphones. Because I 
don't want to or I don't want to try. I don't want to put myself in that position. I don't necessarily want to put myself out there. I don't want to fail. It's come full circle now, right? I don't want to fail at anything. So I stop. I let my fear stop me from even trying because I would rather not try at all than fail in a lot of ways. And so I, I feel like there are a lot of people who are in the same boat I'm in. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the only person in the fucking world who feels like this. But I don't think I am. I really, I really don't think I am. I think that if I was, then there would be a lot more people coming up to me in coffee shops, even though I have my headphones on. I feel like if I was, there'd be a lot more people stopping me at Barnes and Noble and saying, hey, I like the book you're holding. It was really good. I hope you enjoy reading it. I feel like there would be a lot more people reaching out to one another. And we wouldn't be feeling so much lonelier. And what happens what happens when we're lonely? What happens when we aren't talking to people or keeping ourselves busy? The boredom sets in. And when the boredom sets in, the introspection sets in. And once again, introspection is good. But it it can get bad. And I think to a lot of people, I think to a lot of people, it it can become kind of a dark cloud hanging over them. And some of that is probably just clinical depression. Just chemicals, chemical imbalance in their brain. But then there are those people, and I know they exist, because I think I'm one of them, where they get lonely and sad and they don't want to reach out because they don't want to be the one to, to start the conversation. They don't want to initiate. And so the conversation is never initiated. Because I don't want to initiate it. And my friend probably doesn't want to initiate it either. Not because we don't want to talk, just because we don't want to be the first to talk. I don't want to leave, uh, I don't want this to sound like I'm trying to get to some, like, so reach out to your friend. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just kind of talking right now, talking through things I've thought about, things I'm going through, things I'm currently thinking about. A lot of this is, I'm coming up with it on the fly. I'm thinking about it right now, as you're listening. As you're listening, I am figuring this out in my own head.
So sometimes when I can't sleep and when I've played all the songs I want to play on my guitar and when I've written out whatever I wanted to write out for the day, sometimes I lay in bed gonna sound so sad <laughs> sometimes I lay in bed oh my god this sounds so fucking sad I shouldn't say it okay sometimes I lay in bed and I act out conversations not with anyone in particular but more between me and I don't know someone else, anyone else. I, I don't think of a person specifically, but I just kind of, I, I speak into the void. And occasionally I give the void a voice. And it sounds a little, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and most of the time this this kind of flows into some form of a, of a of a story or some some short story or something. I'm a very creative person. I hope you understand. <laughs> no, but but generally this forms into some form of 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 story in my own head. But most of the time, it just kind of comforts me as I'm drifting off. I do this when I'm driving too. I speak into the void and I I. I give it a voice to speak back to me. It's like I create a friend for myself. And I know how sad that sounds, and I know how immature that sounds, and I know how childish that sounds, but hear me out. Sometimes it's really nice. I hope, I hope I'm not the only one who does this, because this, if I'm the only one who does this, please don't tell me, because that will just make me so sad. But sometimes I, I think about things. Sometimes I think about I think about um, fictional like worlds, fictional universes, and I think about events that happen in them that would just completely fuck up that whole world. And other times, <laughs> other times I just I talk about what I'm thinking about and what I'm going through, and I just talk it out with myself mainly. And then still other times, I come up with my own worlds, and I, I fill them with people. And I look at them, and I look at the world, and I say, I'm never going to write this down, and that's okay. When I was younger, I read fan fiction. And looking back on it, I think it's a truly wonderful thing. Oftentimes the good <laughs> oftentimes the good fan fictions were not written by middle schoolers or high schoolers. They were written by adults, real adults, like college students or people with actual fucking jobs. Like real ass adults. And you might look at that and you might think that's kind of fucking lame. That's kind of fucking lame as hell. Think about it this way. 
Maybe I'm challenging your perspective here. That's what this is all about. This is lost sleep. This is supposed to be different, new, challenging perspectives or talking about things that we that, that people don't normally talk about. So when I was younger, I used to read fan fiction. It was mainly in middle school. And I would find interest in it. It gave me an, a perspective, slightly. What was most interesting about it was to pick out what people liked about stories I liked. And looking back, I, I, I still agree with my uh, understanding of it then and what I liked about it then. <coughs> See... See, I think that sometimes, sometimes creating something with no intention of monetary benefit is a good exercise. Creating a story in an already set universe that is never going to be published for the for the like world to understand it as canonically a part of that story. That's never going to be used by the people who decide what should and should not be a part of that world, part of that universe. Sometimes that's a really interesting exercise. I think it's a really good writing exercise because i think if you can do that as a writer then you can go off and make your own worlds and take what you like from the stories that you like in a more intentional way and put them into what your stories as a writer but i also think that it's good even if you're not a writer because I think everybody, I think everybody's creative, but I don't think everybody's creative to the same degree. Obviously, like I really love writing music. It's probably my passion. It, it's I really love writing music. It is my passion. It is what I want to do with the rest of my life, and I'm going to try my damnedest to do it for the rest of my life. But I am never going to make beautiful music like Sufjan Stevens or Bruce Springsteen or Phoebe Bridgers or Manchester Orchestra or Julian Baker or hell, even like Hans Zimmer or uh I can never remember how to pronounce the guy who who wrote the 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 uh, score for The Last of Us. I think his name is Gustavo Santiola. 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 I can never remember how to pronounce his name. Maybe I got it very wrong. I'm looking it up right now, just in case you, just in case you were wondering. 
but I'm never going to make music like them. Obviously. Like, I'm not them. Clearly. Clearly. Gustavo Santa... Santa Olia. Yeah? Yeah. Clearly, I'm never going to make music like any of those people. But I might also fucking try, right? You know? Like... <laughs> But even for people who don't want to write stories for a living, I think it could be a really good creative outlet. Or even if you don't want to be creative with your life, I think understanding... Because everybody likes stories. Right? I, I haven't ever... I haven't interacted with a single person who doesn't have a movie they like or a book they like that's a story, whether it be a memoir or a novel or something like that. I have never met a person who doesn't like some form of story. And so I think that fan fiction allows for you to play around in the stories you love the most, if they're fictional, of course, or to... Understand them in different ways and interact with what you like most about those stories. And getting back to what I like, what I what I think is most interesting about fan fiction, and what I think is is kind of the point of what I brought up about this tangent. I think that I think that it's good to work on something that you have no intention of making money off of. Sometimes. I think that's why a lot of people build, whether it be models or, like, furniture. I, I know people who, who um, in their spare time, sometimes they build, like, shelves or chairs or, or benches. I think it's good to make models or build furniture or, or do woodworking or some form of metallurgy or something along those lines. Something that you're pouring yourself into without any expectation of making money off of it. It's good to have a hobby that is creatively enriching your life. I don't know what I'm going to entitle this. Because I really don't know what the core idea of all this is. I guess if I had to entitle this anything or, or tie it around a core theme, this particular episode, <laughs> what a hell of a first episode, am I right? If I had to tie this around any core theme, I think it would probably be Something having to do with happiness. Happiness, creativity, and failure. Ooh, there we go. We got it. Happiness, creativity, and failure. Lost sleep. And the reason I bring up what I'm going to entitle this is because I think it's interesting to, while having, uh, I guess you could call this a monologue, 
while having a monologue, it's good to understand what the actual theme of it is. While having a while having a a stream of consciousness, it's good to to know the core ideas I want to tie it around. And for this, the core th- the core through lines have been happiness, creativity, and failure. And I started this off by saying I'm afraid of failure, and I am, and I will always be afraid of failure, as I think we as humans should be. We should be afraid of failure. Failure shouldn't just be nothing. Failure should hurt. Because if failure doesn't hurt, then you can't learn from it. But I think that there's something... I think that there's something to that failure should not paralyze you or stop you from doing what you want to do. I think everyone is creative in some way, in some aspect. You may not think of yourself as a creative person, but do you do do you cook? What do you do when you cook? What what spices do you use? What do you add? What do you take away? What do you decide tastes good? What about your interior decorating? Right? What when when you're putting together a room, what do you focus on? What colors do you like in a room? Right? Not just I'm not just talking about paint on walls. I'm talking about photos, pictures, paintings. What do you put up as your decoration? Is it sparse? Is it cluttered? Is it somewhere in between? Most likely it is. I <laughs> I used to think I was a sparse decorator. I'm not. See, I like decoration that doesn't necessarily flow together, but it's just things I like. So, for instance, uh, behind my computer monitor, I have a, f- uh, a painting done by Edward Hooper. It's called New York Movie. And it's this beautiful scene of a theater I'm playing a film and a woman uh, leaning on a wall, a flight of stairs behind her, or, or next to her, rather. And the colors used and the emotions that it's supposed to invoke are interesting to me. Like, the, the whole point of the painting is urban isolation. That's That's what... Hooper usually painted about. Um, Probably some of his best work is the Automat. Um, There's one of him, there's there's one that he did that was a diner, and I can't remember the title of it to save my life. And then, of course, I love New York City or New York movie. And I think that this idea of isolation, even in a city, even in dense, dense pack is something I love and something I wanted to put on my wall. And right next to it is a painting I did of a beach at sunset. And right next to it on the other side is a piece of black cardstock with silver sharpie written hope on it. And and right near it I have a, a guitar calendar. And on, on, on my other wall, I have, I have, a, I have a, a poster 
of the 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 ten, 100 essential films i think i've scratched off maybe 15 see i don't like theme in my decoration i just want to put up things that evoke something in me whether it be emotion or interest it's how i decorate everything in my life my guitar case is just inside jokes or places that I've been or 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 album covers that I like I I build Lego architecture sets every once in a while uh, my family gets them for me for Christmas and I put them up because it makes me remember how much I cared about putting it together and the the focus and dedication that I put into it, even though it meant nothing, even though it didn't change my life in any sense of the term other than just having something nice to look at that I made, that I built. So what's your interior design style? Are you creative in that way? What do you love? What do you take pride in? Do you take pride in how you dress? Or are you creative in your fashion sense? Do you take pride in your ability with makeup? Man or woman or non-binary or anywhere in between any of those. What do you take pride in? What do you care about? What makes you happy? Because I almost guarantee that in something there, that there's something in that sphere of, of action and interaction with the world, somewhere in there, there is creativity that you use, that you perform. We're getting close to an hour now. I think I'm going to cut it now, or soon, rather. I don't want to leave with like a question or something I I think that could get a little cringy but I think that I think that somehow some way I think that somehow some way there is There is a. I think that there is a lesson in what I'm saying, even though I don't necessarily want there to be. Because I. I've already said it during this podcast, but I think that there is a lot to be said for. being creative. 
no matter if it does anything for you. And I guess that's where I want to leave it. Here we go. Here's what I'm going to leave it on. Here's my lesson for all of you. My lesson for everyone listening to this, every single person, no matter how old or how young or how whatever in between, I don't care. You do you. But here's my fucking lesson to you. Here it is. Write fan fiction. That's it. Done. Kill it. We're out. We're done. Goodbye. Hi, if you enjoyed that experience, uh, please, please, please tell your friends. I am not doing this for money, necessarily, but I, I do think that people should, if they want to, listen to this, because I think it could be good. I think a lot of people could enjoy this. So, if you liked it, share it with your friends. Inform people. There's probably an Instagram. I haven't made it at the time of recording, but I I will certainly make it now. (laughs) There's a Lost Sleep Podcast Instagram. I don't know the name. Probably Lost Sleep Pod, if I can get it. Probably not. Who knows? It'll be in the show notes, most likely. I don't think I'm going to make a Facebook, though. But I'll make a... No, I probably won't make it an Instagram. I'll make a Twitter. I'll make a uh, <laughs> I'll make a Twitter. I'll make Lost Sleep Pod at Twitter. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna have at Lost Street Pod. Lost Sleep Pod, not Lost Street. That's my other podcast about homelessness. That was a joke. That was a joke. By the way, I don't have another podcast. Lost Sleep Pod at Twitter, please. Go and partake. I will probably be posting nothing ever other than new episode. So if you like new episode notifications, go on and enjoy. I don't have a schedule for this yet. I don't know when I'm going to be releasing these. I don't know. Just kind of figuring it out as I go. Um, You know what? I'm going to do reviews. So if you leave a review, I'll fucking read them. I'll fucking read a review, or two, or three. <gasps> three? I'll read them at the end. I don't want to clog up the rest of it. I'll read them at the end. I'll read reviews at the end. I promise. Now, I promise. I'll read them at the end. God, my mouth is dry. Okay, Um, <laughs> this has been fun. Holy hell. I've been talking for, like, an hour and three minutes and 50 seconds-ish. This has been cool. It's probably going to be a lot shorter when you guys get it, because I'm going to cut out a lot of ums and ahs and... <clears throat> Ooh, I just peaked the mic. Oof. Big oof on me. Um, Like that. I'm going to cut out all of those, except for that one, because I want to leave that one in, because I want you guys to know what I'm talking about. So let's end it, and let's just get the fuck out of here, you know? So here we are. Hope you had a good time. Goodbye.